Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey Songtown, I'm Marty Dodson. I'm here with Clay Mills in Songtown Studio. Uh, we've got a topic today. Our topic of the day is how do songwriters how do songwriters take two? How do songwriters handle the ups and downs of the music business? Because there can be some devastating disappointments. There can be some really great, amazing things happen. You know, one time um, I was told I had Carrie Underwood's next single. At the time, she every single she put out had gone number one. I'm like, this is a number one, guaranteed, <laughs> you know. And right before they were going to put mine out, they decided to put one out that she wrote. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, it was a, and it was a big disappointment. So, Clay, let me pick your brain first. How do you handle it when um, you have big disappointments? Man, this is hard because we see a lot of aspiring songwriters, you know, in Songtown that are just grinding it out, doing the work. They're improving. You know, I just had an interview I did with Peter Newman yesterday, and he's on one of the top country albums, you know, that came out, Megan Maroney's album. And a few years ago, he had no cuts. You know, he just started in Songtown. He was, you know, writing good stuff, but he grinded it out for three years. And he's now on, you know, Rolling Stone called it the biggest album in country music or the best album in country music this year. And so I was just talking to him about how he handled that. He's not a young guy, you know, he's older. He's been a long time grinding it. So it reminds me of how I started, grinded it out for many years, had a couple successes. Then, you know, I remember one time I lost a publishing deal on Christmas Day. Ugh. You know, our Christmas, it was Christmas Eve. I got a pink slip in the mail mm. from a publisher. And I was like, you couldn't tell me this in person. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You know, so I've been through the downs, but then I've been through, you know, like 10 years where I had two singles, you know, two ASCAP songs a year for like 10 years, you know, mm. and then there's another down cycle and then you get one little thing that happens and you're like, feels, you feel like a million bucks again. Mm. So the way I handled it, and I'm not sure if it's probably the absolute best way, but when things were going so good, I just kept grinding and I didn't get too high. Like I didn't start thinking, oh man, I'm on top of the world. I never wanted to lose that, you know, just work ethic. You know, it took work to get here. I wanted to keep working because I like to work. I like to write songs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but man, there were some times I had to put blinders on and go, Nothing is happening. No one's recording my songs. I lost my publishing deal on Christmas Eve. I put blinders on and I just said, work. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to write songs. And I was not going to retreat. Yeah. You know, I had this. I think sometimes if you burn your bridges behind you. Not literally, but, you know, if you tell yourself and you have that mentality that I'm not going back. I'm not going back home, moving in with my parents and, you know, claiming defeat. I'm just, I'm going to go full steam ahead. There was no other option for me. And I'm not saying that's the best way, but for me, that's what it took. You know, it was, yeah. it was stressful, 
you know, it was like jumping off a ledge, but there was literally no, no retreat. That's, yeah. that's how I handled it. Yeah. You know, margaritas, yeah. they helped Margaritas a help a lot. <laughs> yeah, those help a lot. Um, you know, I think as songwriters, we feel things more deeply than a lot of people. And so it's easy to get on this roller coaster where like you're way at the top of the hill and then you come crashing down and that kind of stuff. You and I both had friends that have been through that where it's like when things are good, they're, they're buy a boat. Yeah. Buy a boat. <laughs> but, but when things are bad, they're despondent and they're depressed and they're, you know, they can't work and that kind of stuff. And you alluded to this a while ago, but I think it's really important to moderate those highs and lows and, and that, you know, so when my approach is when something great happens, I let myself celebrate it for a little bit mm-hmm. and then I get back to work. And when something bad happens, I let myself mourn it for a little bit and then I get back to work, you know, but typically it, neither of those things last more than a week, you know? So if I have something great, there's been times I take my wife on a trip and we go for a week away and then I come back and I get to work. And I go, okay, that's, I celebrated that thing. I let myself have the pat on the back. Now it's time to get back to work. And at one of my number one parties, my publisher came up and said, um, congratulations, what you got going next? <laughs> and at first I thought, what a jerk, you know? But the more I thought about it, it's like, that's what you got to do. You know, if you, if you want to stay in it, you've got to um, celebrate the thing and get back to work, you know? So I think just that doing that kind of, it it lets you acknowledge, hey, this thing was frustrating and it really hurt, but I'm going to give myself a week to be sad about it and then I'm going to get back to work. Or this thing was really great. It feels awesome and I'm on top of the world, but I'm going to let that last a week and then I'm going to get back to work. You know, another thing I think too is, I don't know how many times in, in co-writes, I've had therapy sessions essentially <laughs> with my co-writers. You yeah. know, um, when I was going through my divorce, there'd be times, you know, we would just talk. And, and we didn't get anything written, you know, because my co-writer knew I need to get some things off my chest, you know. And I think if you don't do that, if you keep it all in, it's going to be hard because you, you know, you've got all these emotions bottled up. And, you know, so talking in co-writes can be helpful. There's also a lot of organizations that help, like uh, Music Cares can help with mental health stuff. Yeah. Um, Porter's Call for artists. And then uh, BetterHelp is an organization that, and we can try to get those links to put in the show notes. But those are all organizations that help musicians, songwriters, and artists deal with mental health things. Yeah. You know, you know, I think, too, another, and this is hard because, you know, in the early part of my career, I had a song that Patti Loveless had on hold. And she was rocking at the time. She was really doing great. And I thought, okay, this could be it. This could change my life, you know. And it could have. And the, the day came that she went into the studio. They still had my song on hold. And I'm like, I'm golden. You know, <laughs> they're in the studio with my song. And it never happened, Ugh. you know. And so I, I learned from that. It's like, I can't put my happiness all on one song or one thing happening, right. you know. I have to be happy outside of the music business and just center myself and find my happiness without that Patty Loveless cut or without that Carrie Underwood single. And if I'm depending on those things to make me happy, I'm going to be unhappy a lot, you know? Yeah. And for me, I, it helped me a lot. Like, I know you have a story, 
and I have some similar things, but I always loved your story about how you always wanted a gold record. So you put a nail in the wall and every day you'd walk by and that would be the spot where your gold record was going to go when you had one. Now mm-hmm. you've got a, a whole wall of gold records. But I would do those same things. I wrote in a notebook I had before I had any songs recorded by any artist. I wrote down five artists I wanted to have songs cut by. And I put that away. You know, they say pray a prayer and then let it go, you know. And so I put that away. And years later, I found that notebook. And four of the five artists had recorded songs. Garth Brooks, I'm still waiting on you, Garth. <laughs> what the, what's the your, problem? Your wife, Trisha, has recorded my songs. What's, what's up? <laughs> but um, I think having these mental goals that you can see, you can see the outcome, you know, and you can believe it. I think sometimes Chris Stapleton said to me that belief is a powerful thing. And I think it's true. I think if you can see it, if you can believe it, and then do the work to get there. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to get there if you can't really see it. You know, if mm-hmm. you if you don't think it's a possibility, then it, it doesn't happen. But so my point to get to this in a long-winded way <laughs> is it helped me through the down parts because I was focused on where I was going. You know, yeah. if you're driving across the country and you have a flat tire, you can handle that because you know, hey, I'm driving to California. I'm going to be there. There's going to be some good things waiting on Mm -hmm. me there, some good Mexican food, you know, and I'm going to get to see the beach. But if you you don't know where you're going and you're just wandering around and you get a flat tire and it's Yeah, or if you're going to work. (laughs) If you're going to work and you don't like your job. And you don't like your job. Well, you know, that's that's interesting because we keep saying, you know, we just kept doing the work. We kept doing the work. And I think a lot of people feel like songwriting, oh, it shouldn't be work. But I think anything you do, if you love it, it doesn't always feel like work because you love it so much. But it takes a lot of work to be good at it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't just happen by accident, yeah. you know? And, and every professional songwriter I know, every great artist I know has worked their ass off to expect the world to hand you something because you did a little bit of work. It, the world doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, I'm really going off on my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. But... It's not about, oh, I did this work, so I should expect returns for it. Because sometimes it doesn't happen. So I think if we adjust our mental attitude and go, yeah, there's going to be times I got to work and work and work, and it feels like nothing's come of it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Tom Petty was like, sometimes I work so hard, nothing ever seems like it comes of it. Mm. That intro to that one song I love so much. That's kind of the way it is, I think. Remember, you have to work. It's not going to happen right away. The world's not just going to toss you a bone because you worked hard this month. Yeah. You know, the world wants to see that you're consistently working hard over and over and over. And then it tends to pay off down the road, you know. And I think if you can remember that and let that work be the fun part, let you're doing it because you love it. You know, I think I think that you can handle the downs a lot easier. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it because it feeds your soul to write, it's a whole different game than if you're doing it to try to make money or get rich or famous or any of those things. Something else my first publisher would tell me when that Patty Loveless thing didn't happen, and I was really bummed about it, um, almost to the point of tears, he said, you know what? Patty Loveless is one of the biggest artists in country music right now. She took 15 songs into the studio, and yours was one of them. Yeah. And she only cut 10, but out, out of all the songs she heard, you're, you were one of 15. And he said, this is the first time you've been in the game. Like, right. you, were, you were in the mix and, and almost had that happen. And so I go back to that thought. Like, when Carrie Underwood's single didn't happen, I'm like, okay, but she heard thousands of songs. Yeah. She put my song on her record. She did my song on a couple of award shows, and I got a double platinum record for it, you know? So I'm I'm in the game. You know, I, I was one of 12 songs that could have gotten that single. You did know? you have to have a new nail hole for that double? Did it take two nails for the double platinum? <laughs> it does. It was heavy, yeah. <laughs> it was heavy. But, you know, I think to sum up all the stuff we've been saying, it, it's about, I think, your perspective. If you're putting all your eggs in one basket or you're betting your happiness on this one thing happened, yeah. then then that's out of your control. Somebody else decides whether you're happy or not. But if you decide, I'm going to be happy because I'm getting to write songs, I'm getting to work with creative people, I love what I do, and this feeds my soul, that can sustain you through the good times and the bad times. Yeah. So. And not just that, but, you know, if you put so much pressure on yourself that it has to happen or you're not going to be happy, then you're cutting down your performance. When you do show up to write, you've got all that pressure going on. Yeah. So it's everything's a balance. Yeah, absolutely. Who sustains us, Clay? When we need gear, who <laughs> sustains us? <laughs> Why, Marty? Marty, I think that would be Sweetwater. <laughs> Sweetwater does. We love those guys. They sponsor our show. We appreciate them. Check out the show notes for links to Songtown books. Woo-hoo, check out the um, books. Yeah. And uh, we'll try to put those links for the different organizations that help with um, musicians' mental health. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers.